This is Wessler Media. He brings me my phone and I could see on the caller ID that it was the transplant coordinator calling. And the first thing I said was, is there a liver? You know, do we have a liver? And they're like, yes, yes, we do. And I just, I lost it. I just couldn't control my emotions. I, I was, I was so happy. From Lifeline of Ohio, this is To Be Continued, stories of life, loss, and legacy. A podcast produced in partnership with Wessler Media. It's been said that patience is a virtue. Tom Petty wrote a song called Waiting is the Hardest Part. Waiting. It's something we all have to deal with at some level or another. But what about when it comes to waiting for a life-saving gift from someone you've never met? Meet 12-year-old Tyler Parker. He likes Legos, the Lifeline of Ohio mascot honeybee, and being a big brother to his two sisters. One thing he didn't like, waiting for a desperately needed liver transplant. In March of 2020, anticipation suddenly turned into action for his parents that spring evening when the voice on the other end of the line said, it's time. My name is Holly Parker. Um, I'm from Columbus, Ohio, right here in Columbus, Ohio. And um, I am a homemaker. I stay home with the kiddos. It's a full-time job. <laughs> Times three. <laughs> Tyler... Um, is the one that just recently received um, his life-saving liver transplant. I had a beautiful pregnancy with him. Um, you know, I was working full-time. I worked my eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week, no issues. All the way up until I went to a doctor's appointment, I was, oh, seven and a half months pregnant and uh, just a regular old visit. And uh, they went to do an ultrasound just to kind of check how he was doing in there. And they saw that he had no amniotic fluid around him. And due to that fact, um, they're like, hey, we have to deliver you today. And I'm like, oh. So about six weeks earlier than expected. Um, here I am thinking I'm just going in for a regular, you know, doctor's appointment and uh, never got to come home. <laughs> He came into the world six weeks early, so he was a premature baby. He he cried when he came out, um, and that just kind of gave me some relief just to hear his little cry. I couldn't hold him or anything. You know, they took him right away to the special nursery and put him in a little isolate to keep him warm. And um, once I was stable and able to you know, get in the wheelchair and get over there. I finally got to see him for the first time in the nursery. It was just really hard not being able to hold him or touch him or anything like that that moms want to do when their babies are born, you know. I didn't get to do any of that with him. And he stayed there. Um, I uh, had to leave my baby in the hospital, which was probably one of the hardest things I had to do. You know, with him being a preemie. Um, and also, he was very jaundiced. Um, you know, he had to stay. And then he also uh, was sent over to Children's uh, shortly after that. Um, they came and picked him up from the birth hospital and took him right over to Children's Hospital and put him in the special nursery there where he stayed for about two weeks before he actually got to come home. Still undiagnosed. They still couldn't figure out why he was so jaundiced and, you know, his liver numbers were just so high. They just couldn't figure it out. It was a big mystery to them at that point. It, he was cleared to come home, so he came home um, 
when he was about a month old or so for the first time. And then we just went back pretty much weekly um, for testing and to see the doctors and things like that. But they did some specific blood testing and sent it away. I believe it was to Maryland. Um, and a week later, the results came back positive for allergy syndrome. According to the National Center for Advancing Translational Sciences, allergy syndrome is a genetic syndrome that can affect the liver and other parts of the body. The liver problems result from having fewer small bile ducts than normal in the liver. This can lead to bile buildup inside the liver, which in turn causes liver scarring and damage. I got a second opinion in Cincinnati, Ohio at their children's hospital because they are renowned for um, liver disease and allergial syndrome. They're specialists in that area. So we went there and got an opinion from them. And I was very, very pleased and felt so good leaving the hospital. I was actually told um, from the time, you know, he was an infant. They told me at that moment, Tyler will one day need a new liver. Tyler has spent much of his life going back and forth to Cincinnati. Towards the end of this time, he unfortunately began to develop a condition that required his care to be at Children's Hospital here in Columbus, Ohio. Soon after, he began one of the most challenging parts of his journey. The weight was excruciating, painful. I was actually beginning to lose hope, just not knowing when the call's gonna come, day or night. They said, you know, it could be 2 a.m., 2 p.m., have your phone by you at all times. He waited a year and a half on the national list waiting for an organ to become available. You know, everybody says, oh, my goodness, he waited a year and a half. Well, in reality, he waited his whole life, 12 years, because we knew that it was coming, you know. And they say things come when you least expect it. And I definitely um, have to agree. It was just an ordinary day. Um, you know, we we did whatever we did. Um you know, got the kids ready for bed, um, Tyler ready for bed, his sister's ready for bed. Um, they went on to bed and uh, my husband works pretty late. Uh, so I actually waited up for him and we had a little late dinner together. Um, and then after we had dinner, we went to bed and I don't know, half an hour later and I'm, I'm, I'm cold asleep. You know, I hear my phone ringing. Um, and I, I was half asleep, so I thought it was his phone. I'm like, go answer your phone, you know, you know, not even thinking it was my phone. And uh, he's like, well, that's your phone. And I'm like, what? And then he brings me my phone and I could see on the caller ID that it was the transplant coordinator calling. And the first thing I said was, is there a liver? You know, do we have a liver? And they're like, yes, yes, we do. And I just, I lost it. I mean, I probably hyperventilated, literally. I just couldn't control my emotions. I, I was I was so happy because Tyler had waited so so long for that for that phone call. Um, I cried. I screamed. I tears of joy, of course, um, but just all kinds of emotions. So ecstatic that that we finally got that call. But of course, it was a scary moment too because I'm like, oh my gosh, Tyler's gonna be going here in a few hours under this huge major surgery. And I've been told that, you know, survival is not 100%. So definitely some mixed emotions. Definitely. But if I had to say what emotion outweighed the other ones, I would say joy. I was so happy. And I went in and I woke up Tyler. You know, he's sound asleep, you know. 
um, Tyler, you know, wake up, the, you know, the liver, they found you a liver, you know, and he immediately started crying. He was scared. His first reaction was fear because he knew kind of what he was up against as far as the surgery. But then after he kind of calmed himself down, it was all smiles because he's been waiting. He had been waiting just, just as excruciatingly as me for this day to come. They're like, you know, you have like an hour to get to the hospital. And we were told um, from the get-go that they could call and organ would be available and we could get to the hospital and they would physically look at the organ and possibly not be viable. Um, so, which they call a dry run. They're like, you could have a dry run, you know, don't get yourself overly excited because it may work, it may not work. But thank God, you know, they came after they had them all worked up and and ready to go. And, you know, they came and said, hey, it's definitely a go. It wasn't until actually about 1130 a.m. Um, that they said, OK, it's time to go back. Every hour, um, the nurse came out and kind of gave us an update what was going on in the OR. So that was always a highlight. You know, every hour we would see them walking over to us and like, OK, you know, here we are with our update, you know. For the most part, it was all positive, this and that. They would just tell me the kind of their steps is kind of where they were in the process. It, it was it was a relief for them when they did come out and say, hey, we're going to wheel him back to the ICU. And uh, of course, my first question is, when can I see him? You know, when can I see my baby? And, uh, you know, that wasn't immediate either. I had to wait over a half an hour for them to get him stabilized and all that stuff before I was even allowed to uh, go back and see him. Yeah, so Tyler was intubated um, for about 24 hours following the surgery. So he had the breathing tube, you know, going down his throat. So he couldn't talk. He wasn't he wasn't conscious. They actually had him paralyzed. Um, they gave him a medication to keep him paralyzed just for uh, healing. We held his hand and we spoke to him and let him know we were there. We just kind of anxiously awaited for the doctor to clear him to, to, to wake up. And they started um, backing off the medicine uh, to allow his body to, to wake up. And slowly but surely, he took him a while, but he, he did. He had the tube still in his throat, so he couldn't talk. And they took it out. The first thing he said when the tube came out of his mouth was, tell Dr. Washburn I said thank you, which was his surgeon. Um, that was the first thing. So he knew, you know, hey, I got my new liver and he was very thankful for it. You know, he could barely talk and that was the first thing he said to me. And then he said, I love you, mommy. We've had bumps, you know, nothing he hasn't overcome as of yet. Um, so just knowing that he was so close to maybe not making it, you know, and for, for that call to come when it did. And just sit back and and thank God for, you know, the family that, that said yes to organ donation. Because without them saying yes to that, you know, Tyler wouldn't have got a liver. And I think about, you know, how happy I am that my, my baby's still living and he's, he's getting his second chance of life and able to do things maybe in the future that he never could do before. But at the same time, you know, there's there's a family grieving um, 
just, I had such immense, I have such immense gratitude um, to that family. Um, I got involved with Lifeline of Ohio when Tyler um, went on the organ transplant list at, uh, in December of 2018. I just kind of reached out and said, hey, you know, uh, do you guys have material like brochures, you know, whatever I can pass out to family and friends to encourage them to be donors? Um, you know, I just I want to spread the word. You know, then they you know told me about this volunteer class where I could sign up to be a volunteer and spread the word at different, you know, places and organizations and just be involved. And I'm like, heck yes, you know, I would love to. So Tyler and I took the class and kind of they feel like they're part of the family now. You know, I'm so glad that I made that phone call and reached out because it's like, like, like I said, a second family to us. And Tyler, I'll mention this, he, he doesn't want to speak. He's, he's, he's shy. I've tried to get him to, to, to speak to you. <laughs> but I will say on his behalf, he has named his liver Alex. <laughs> um, and so Alex takes good care of him, and he takes really good care of Alex. And uh, I think it was a match made in heaven. This has been To Be Continued, a podcast from Lifeline of Ohio, produced in partnership with Wessler Media. Production credits, Jessica Peterson and Patrick Klinger from Lifeline of Ohio's public relations team, and Sharon Sindridge, Director of Communications and Public Relations. This series was produced, mixed, sound designed, and voiced at the studios of Wessler Media by me, Vince Tornero, with additional mastering by Joey Gerwin at Orange Judio. While this is the end of the episode, it's not the end of the story. Visit lifelineofohio.org to learn more, or visit the link in the show notes. Because when you register to become an organ, eye, and tissue donor, your legacy may allow someone else's life to be continued. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-media.com.